welcome to the All Saints Podcast. We began this podcast by bringing you the sermons from the 10 a.m. service on Sunday mornings. With the ongoing orders to stay home and continue to socially distance, we're now bringing you the homilies that Father Ed has been recording in locations all around where he is staying. It has been a difficult time for many of us and for our church, but I hope that listening to these homilies as they are produced on location can bring a bit of comfort to us all. As you'll hear from this week's homily, which was recorded outside, there's a little background noise that may make it a bit hard to hear, but I hope that you find, as I do, that the message from our rector continues to come through loud and clear. So now, the homily for Sunday, March 29th, 2020. It's a Sunday morning and time for us to talk about God and hold in our hearts the hope we need for the week ahead. Good gosh, we need a lot of hope lately. A lot of people are going around asking an important question. They say, what in the world is going on? Thousands of things are going on. What in the world is going on? We ask that question too, don't we? But it's the wrong question. Just slightly wrong. By one letter, one piece of the alphabet wrong. Because the question isn't what in the world is going on. The question is, what in the Word is going on? What in the Word of God is happening? For we as a Christian people can understand what in the world is going on better than anyone when we understand the principles of God, His promises, how He wants us to live, and how we know we're going to be okay no matter what happens, because we are people of the resurrection. We start with a reading that's in our lectionary today from Ezekiel chapter 37. It's the famous passage where Ezekiel says that the Spirit of God transported him to a valley of dry bones, a dry, heated place, I suppose. And God meets Ezekiel there, and they have a conversation. And God says, Ezekiel, what do you think? Do you think all these bones can come to life, that sinews and flesh can come on them, they come back to be who they used to be? And Ezekiel gives the same answer any of us would give. You know, Lord, I don't know. And there's a shrugging of the shoulders that goes on. He has no idea. God says, Ezekiel, here's what I want you to do. For these bones represent all of Israel, all of my children, my promised people. I want you to say to these bones that it's time for them to stand up. I'm going to put sinews on them. I'm going to put flesh and then skin. And then I'm going to breathe, breathe life into them and they're going to come alive. So Ezekiel did as he was commanded and told the bones what God had told him to say. When he did, the bones began to clatter and rattle and stand up together. And then the sinews formed and the flesh went on them and the skin on the flesh. And all these miraculous things were happening in this vision that God is giving to Ezekiel, however it may have come about. Then God says something more. He says, Ezekiel, I want you to do another thing for me. Now I want you to tell them that the Lord God did this. And I am going to open their graves and raise them from the dead. And they're going to be given a land, a promised land, if you would, a place, an eternal habitat, as we know now, after Jesus' rising of the dead on Easter. And this fantastic story comes out. Now, the story would just mock us if we saw what God did with Ezekiel and we didn't get a piece of it, because we need something right now. And what we need is the punctuation mark, the climax of that story, when God says this. He said, this is Israel, who is without hope. They have lost all their hope. But I, the Lord God, am restoring their hope by giving them life and opening their graves. And this is the greatest thing a God could do for his people ever, isn't it? Well, we go on from there to understand that the dry bones thing isn't just a story to be held from the Old Testament, but Jesus comes and rises from the dead on Easter. And even before that, he's about the business of doing what God said, raising bones from the dead. For in John chapter 11 today, we have the story of Lazarus, maybe the most famous story of the Bible. Even people who aren't Christians know that Jesus raised a man named Lazarus. It's in popular culture in so many ways. And 
Jesus has gone back to this place in Bethany where his friend Lazarus has died. His sisters Mary and Martha are there, and they meet him after their brother has died. He's been in the tomb now for three or four days. And they say, Lord, had you been here, our brother would not have died because they believed in him. And Jesus looks, and apparently he was pleased with that, and he says, do you understand, Mary, when speaking to one of the sisters, that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you understand that? In other words, no one comes back to life except through Christ. He's the only way to eternal life, the only way to salvation, the only way to heaven. And she answers beautifully when she says, Lord, I do believe that. She knows he's the Messiah. She knows he's the Christ. And he goes about the business of raising Lazarus. Now the people are watching and Jesus says this. He says in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth to the tomb. Lazarus, come forth. Theologians sometimes jokingly say he had to say Lazarus, come forth, because if he had just said, come forth to the tomb and to a cemetery, all the bodies would come out. Everybody would come out. But he limited it to Lazarus. And very humorously, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a great thing to think about and have fun with. Lazarus stumbles forth from the tomb. Now, this idea of bones and dry bones and Lazarus being in the tomb gives us a setting for today's sermon. Uh, in prior weeks, I have given you the part where we've been in a playroom. I talked about children and being like children in our hearts. I showed you a medical building in a church. Today I have this place. I'm in a, a country place. It is a country cemetery, a couple of hundred years old. There's graves here and tombs over here. And the good news about the cemeteries is that it's empty. There's nobody home. The Bible teaches us that everybody who has died has gone to the Lord. And people who have moved along, those who die in Christ, are gone to the Lord. And we have our modern-day equivalency at a time when people are talking about a coronavirus or worried about dying, worried about how these things come. Now, I left you off at the point where Lazarus comes out of the tomb. When he comes out of the tomb, he's wrapped in all his burial garments, if you will, the bandages, the cloths, the things that they would use, the spices and the ointments that they would bury a body with in first-century Middle East. And Jesus has another command when this comes about. He says to everybody present, unbind him unwrap him, unbind him. Now, it's kind of obvious to do that if the man's walking and alive again, but he tells them to do that. And it isn't just for the physical unbinding, it's for the hope we need. When the dry bone story ends with God saying, the hope of Israel is restored because I, the Lord God, am going to open the graves, Jesus is showing us once again the hope that comes. And when he says unbind him, he's speaking through the scriptures to you and me today, right now, in our fears, our worries, our concerns over coronavirus, anything else that's in our lives, our finances, whatever it is, he's saying, unbind him, unbind her, unbind yourself. He's saying to me, Ed, be unbound. Patty, be unbound. Harry, Joe, Sam, Susie, Debbie, Katie, everybody, be unbound. Because the things that bind us in this life are not to bind us. We are free in Christ. Perfect slavery and following of Christ is perfect liberty and freedom. Freedom from Christ is perfect slavery. It works backwards. And we know that being with Jesus makes us free and we're unbound of everything, even our fears of a coronavirus. In Romans 8, we have the final lesson where Paul teaches us, if you focus on things of the flesh, coronavirus, money, dry bones, raising Lazarus, you're going to be of the flesh and you're going to be fearful. You're going to worry and things are going to fall apart. But when you think of things of the spirit, you're fine. Let's be very clear. God did not put this coronavirus on people. God doesn't do those things to his people. He doesn't stick needles into voodoo dolls like some kind of voodoo doctor. He's not some evil mad scientist who tries to hurt us. He loves us. 
These things that happen to us are a consequence of a fallen and broken world. But in them, he uses them to redeem things for the good and draw us to himself. He says, you love athletes? Well, guess what? Your stadiums are closed. A friend of mine wrote a piece on this. It was beautiful. If you love athletes, your stadiums are closed. If you love actors, the theaters are closed. If you love musicians, the civic halls and the concert halls are closed. If you love golf and country clubs, guess what? Closed. If you like gourmet coffee, forget about it. It's closed. No matter what it is that you're into, they're all set aside for the glory that we have now to be with God. He even says this. He says, one more thing. For those of you who don't want to worship in my church, guess what? Now you can't worship in my church. You can't worship. They're closed. But I need for you to come to me. I need for you to be with me. We're going to use this time where you're going to find out you don't need half of what you thought you needed. Contentment will be yours now. You don't need the clothes you own, the restaurants you went to, the money you earned. After September 11th, things changed in this world, didn't they? And they're going to change after this as well. We're not going to live the same way after this as before it, but maybe for the good. We'll be more humble. We'll love one another better. We'll be better people together. For you see, it's like this. It's not what in the world is going on. It's what in the word is going on. What does the world see? They see dry bones. They see a coronavirus. They see people dying. They see politicians and money, and they're screaming and yelling. But the kingdom people, the people of God, we see something different. We see resurrection life. We see dry bones coming to glory, coronaviruses being healed. We see God giving us hope. That's where we're different. So cling to him. Cling to the God who gives you hope. Don't worry about what in the world is going on until first you know what in the word is going on. Because when you know what in the word is going on, what in the world is going on can't hurt you. Even if it kills you, you live for eternal life. That's the glory of who we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the great good news of the gospel today. Amen and thanks be to God. See you next time. Thank you again for listening to the All Saints Podcast. I hope you'll continue to download future episodes. You can subscribe and have the episodes delivered automatically each week by going to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and clicking subscribe. We'll be back next week with a new homily. And until then, please be well, stay safe, and God bless.